This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello again, everybody. Welcome into the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast, Ballsy. I'm Evan Grant. Fortunately, this week, I'm not joined by Kevin Sherrington or David Moore. Both are on vacation. I am, however, joined by Rangers starter Lance Lynn to talk a little bit of baseball and uh, hopefully the idea that we will be playing at some point in time before the end of this year. Lance, you are home in the Nashville area. How are you doing? Uh, everybody's good. Uh, everybody's, uh, you know, safe and healthy and that's, uh, you know, that's all you can ask for right now. What's your, uh, what's been, what's your setup there? Uh, you know, for me, it's a normal off season. Uh, I got all the stuff I need. So got a weight room, got a throwing tunnel and all that uh, in the garage. So, uh, you know, as much as I can get done, uh, without having a catcher or, you know, hitters or anything, I might be able to get done for the most part. Um, so that's a plus. And then, you know, you can use the, the driveway or backyard for the full 60 feet, six inches thrown into a net. So try to do as much as you can uh, to stay as in shape as you can to hopefully get, you know, some, some sort of uh, season in and be ready to go. Uh, so when it is come time, you can try to jump back in as fast as possible. So I talked to Kyle Gibson and Brett Martin earlier this week, and both guys were throwing bullpens about twice a week. Is that basically what you're trying to do right now? Yeah, I think that's most people's thing. I think if uh, uh, we're starting to, you know, as you see uh, in the media and stuff, more proposals or talk about uh, getting back is coming around the corner. So things are ramping up and you try to ramp up as much as you can. So when you do get the call or you do get a good idea when you're going to show up for a a spring training 2.0, as they like to call it, uh, you're ready. You can maybe even have to jump right into games within one or two days. So uh, I think everybody's getting their mind wrapped around to be as best physically ready to go to face hitters or be in somewhat of a live action when they show up. So that's our thought process right now. How do you, I think the tough part for me to wrap my my head around is, you know, you guys are so geared to routine, right? And you know what your winter routine is. But now here it is April and into May. How do you kind of throttle back a little bit and just return to kind of maintenance mode? Um, I think that that was uh, early on was right when uh, we got sent home. It was okay. Just kind of go stay and kind of hover and see what you how, uh, you know, how much you can stay in the shape how much you can stay built up without, you know, throwing 90 pitches or whatever to try to do what you need. And then we realized that this was going to be way longer and everything kind of, than everyone expected right out of the get go. So then it was, okay, we got to back off and, and try to, you don't want to go into off season mode because then your body's, you know, kind of gears down a little bit. So you try to do everything you can to give yourself. That's where you see like guys throwing one bullpen a week just so you have that little bit of, uh, you know, strain, but it's it's also not too much to where you're overdoing it. 
because you don't know when you're going to get back. So I think now we've got a, a timeline that's a possibility. So that gives guys an idea to how to, uh, you know, ramp things up. And if you've been doing what you need to do, you know, throwing off a mound maybe once a week in light intensity, you should be able to jump back in here and have about a, you know, a two-month period to get ready-ish. Um, that should be enough, especially if you've been throwing throughout the week and been able to do it. But, you know, some guys don't have that luxury of, uh, you know, having uh, areas to work out and stuff like that because everything's been closed. So I think our big thing now is to make sure we can get guys ramped back up without putting them in, uh, you know, injury concern or injury risk. So that's where, our, as players, that's our next phase with, is trying to make sure guys don't try to uh, rush back too quick and, and we don't try to turn this around too quick after everything being shut off for multiple multiple months. So before we spring forward, I do want to I, I do want to turn the clock back for one minute. You know, you guys at the it, it's when this all shut down in in March, uh, the Rangers basically voted as a team that you guys were going to stay together, see it out in Arizona. How long did you expect this kind of – what was y'all's thought about how long this delay would be? And, and how did you kind of come to that decision that, hey, we're going to stay here. We, we want to be a team together. Well, I think when it originally went down, it happened so quick. You see, like, NBA shut down. Everybody shut down. And no one really knew – you know, no one had a timeline, I guess. So our big thought was, like, all right, let's stay here to where we know we have we're together, but we also have doctors, and we were supposed to be there till the end of that month, spring training-wise anyway, so let's not rush to run off or not have all the proper information we can have before we make a, a big decision. So I think the first decision was, hey, let's stay here. We've got our doctors. We've got the team. We've got everybody trying to get as much information as we can. So if we do have to depart and go somewhere, we have them. We have all the information uh, going out to or to each other right there in house to make the best decision we can. I think that was our major thought was like, all right, if we stay here, we're supposed to be here anyways. Everybody can just kind of take a you know five to seven day situation to get us more information, and then we can make the best decision. And then it turns into all right, we're you know it turned into what's your own personal feelings, and then you realize, hey, this is going to be more than just a couple of weeks. You know, this is going to be, you know, multiple months, if not longer. And then it came down to where are you and your family going to be safe or feel safe and feel comfortable to being pretty much locked in your house for multiple months. So that's when the decision came. OK, go where you feel the most comfortable. And everyone kind of it did that. And they also got all the information. And that's all we could do. Did you drive back to Nashville or did you fly? We flew back um, uh, pretty quick and then did the did the uh, self uh, you know, the self-isolation uh, for 14 days after we got back, not seeing any family or anybody just because you didn't know at that, you know, you don't know. So you just do what you, you know, do what they say, self-isolation. And we did all that. And then, uh, you know, now we've been, I mean, like we've pretty much still been doing it. So we're just been kind of doing everything we can to, you know, get kids to, through online schooling and all that stuff. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been, uh, different and uh you know it's uh but we we can't complain everybody's you know everybody's healthy and you know we've been doing what we can do uh you know keep each other going here you have not been out of the property no uh between uh been in nashville and then uh, spent a little time um on the hunting farm in illinois which is about as most self-isolation as you can <laughs> get with with no one around you for miles so that was uh you know that was a little refreshing because it's hard you know when you're in a neighborhood or something like that, you don't want to go out. You don't want to kind of, 
you know, get around anybody else, but, you know, being outside and uh, not having anybody around you except some, some trees and some animals is a, is about as best isolation as you can get. Good. Um, Hey, so let's, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about what is starting to come out right now. And, and those are proposals to potentially play hopefully around the 1st of July. Um, I, I, I talked to, as I mentioned, I talked to Brett Martin and I talked to Kyle Gibson both this week and, and Kyle wanted to make sure he gives you a hard time about actually doing this podcast with me. So, um, but both those guys have underlying health issues, right? And 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 so the, I, I talked to them a little bit about the the potential elevated risks, and and both guys indicated that they're willing to come back and play, and and, and they trust doctors. Where do you stand on on all of this? Well, um, my big thing is, especially for the guys with the uh, you know the past health issues, is as long as we get the best information or the most information we can on how uh, they're going to do the best they can to protect everyone, especially, you know, those guys. But then you have guys that have families. You don't know what kids or wives or anybody have um, and their underlying health issues. Are we going to be able to take care of them? Are the teams going to help us with uh, our families and make sure that everybody's healthy? So I think it's just a big uh, variety of things. The big thing that we notice is, if players feel confident and that they're going to do everything and they've got the proper things in place to keep everybody as healthy as we can and have, you know, have an idea and an outline of, you know, what we can do to, to, to have that health as, you know, as much as you can in the, in this state, because there's so much still unknown and what's going on. But that's our big thing is knowing what the process will be with, if a guy does get sick or if a family member gets sick or, you know, how are we going to go about, uh, you know, protecting everybody as a whole? And we're starting to get more answers. And that's what it's all about is trying to get as much information as we can. So as players, you can make the best educated decision for you and your family's health, because that's, you know, that should be our number one right now is safety first. And then after that, we'll figure out the rest of the stuff. If we get back to playing on, and, and get on the field, there will be some, some tweaks to the, um, to the way baseball looks this year. And I, I, you, you have a very con, uh, considered mind when it comes to the game. So I wanted to run a couple of these by you. I, I, I feel like you're probably on board with the idea of the universal DH. It really won't affect you guys, but uh, throughout baseball, are you for universal DH at this point? I think if you look at the condensed season and with the extra players that uh, it looks like uh, that are, you know, that's being presented or uh, that will be in the proposal whenever we uh, get our hands on the actual proposal sent to us, whether, you know, whenever that may be, because it hasn't happened yet as much as it has been reported that it has. We're still waiting on that. But when you have uh, with the condensed season and the way everything's going, Pitchers have so much to worry about just getting their bodies ready to throw uh, multiple innings and all that. The last thing you want to do is run the risk of them getting hurt hitting, especially this uh, this season. Because when you know, look at the the NL. If Kershaw or somebody like that gets hurt hitting, and then next thing you know, he's out for 50 games. That's pretty much the whole darn season for them, and that's what we don't want. We want to do the, the biggest even playing field as you can this year. And I think that that, you know, is part of uh, the, the process that we're going to have to get through this year is try to do everything we can to put the best health 
uh, best product, uh, you know, the, you know, the fairest game on the field, especially, you know, having, we're going to have probably more National League games because of the way that they're going to do the NL, you know, your divisions or whatever against each other. So it's like, what's the point? Let's, we got an extra, we got extra players. Let's have a DH. Let's, you know, make it uh, the same all the way around and try to, you know, put, get as much out of it as we can. So the non-proposal apparently calls for 30 players and a 20-player taxi squad. Yes, we're still waiting to see that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. When I've tried to play with some of this stuff, the, the one thing that comes back to me is, look, this team in particular was going to be built around the strength of this veteran starting rotation. And you guys are going to – we're going to pile up innings. But if you've got an expanded roster, obviously there's going to be more relievers, and you guys are going to be on pitch counts early. How does how does the elements the way this season would be constructed? Do you feel like impacts the Texas Rangers? Um, I think if you have if you look at the way, I mean, we're trying to still figure out how all that would work. Talking to the pitching coaches and and, and the staff and everybody of how we were going to go about this. You're looking at early on, you're going to have you're not going to be able to go six, seven, eight innings. Uh, unless you just have a low pitch count and that's just the, the the realm of things. But with the extra players and all that, it's almost going to be that first month um, would be kind of like a, almost like a September where you got guys going five innings and then you'll be able to go there, but then we'll be able to incorporate it. The more we more we play and more we get our build up, we'll be able to kind of push, you know, push into what we normally do for the most part. So you try to look at it as in, I'm sure early on, every team will probably carry a few more pitchers. And then as the, as the season goes on, guys are going to carry more hitters. I think I think it will kind of become even. But first part of the year, you got to carry those extra arms because relievers aren't going to be able to go back-to-backs or things like that as much. You're going to try to monitor those. If they do go back-to-back, they're going to need two days. So we're going to have to do a lot of uh, monitoring those. But as a veteran starting staff, that's, I think that's a positive because we all kind of know our bodies. We all know what we need to do to get ready. We all got our mindset set. Whenever we do show up, we got to be able to throw three innings in a, in a game setting. So we're trying to get as, you know, as much intensity as we can right now without being able to get in a game setting. So I think that's going to help us because we have five, you know, veteran starters that have played in the game for a while and has pitched multiple, you know, 30 start seasons. We'll know what they need to do to get their body right to be able to, you know, hit the ground running. And that's our, that's our plan as we've talked about uh, between, you know, our staff. Yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like you can trust this staff to be ready for whenever this spring training starts. I, I think with, with the veteran group and, and, and how you guys maintain yourselves, that's a plus. I, I do think that the, the limited pitch counts you'll be on to start the season potentially negates a little bit of the advantage early on. But I do think that, that late in the season, you guys would be hitting your peak and would essentially be able to have a a really strong finish when other guys are still trying to maintain their staffs a little bit, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and then, you know, if we get uh, hit the ground running, you're looking at if we if the way that we're hoping and what you're hearing about uh, a spring training be, it's going to be 18 days-ish. That's going to give you three starts. If you get if you show up ready to go, you're you're ready to throw four innings, three to four innings right when you show up. So in the realm of things, you could be ready to throw six at 85 right out of the gate to start the year. And if, if you can get so we can start out of the gate going five six innings, we're going to be all right. And that's the that's what you know you kind of shoot for. And then next thing you know, 
when you get a when you get about five four starts into the thing, you're full go. So if we can do that, and that's the thought process is of at least five innings, then we've saved the bullpen, and then you go there, and then as you build up, you'll really be able to you know kind of push towards the end, and you know you got to kind of hit the ground running in this thing if you want to. You, you can't like start off slow with 80 with 82 games as being proposed or whatever. You got to hit the ground running and try to win as many as you can as fast as you can. So um, it's going to be interesting of how everybody goes about it. But our thought process is by the time games start, whenever that may be, we can, we can throw five, six innings at 80, 85 pitches. And if we can do that, I think we'll be in a good spot. What do you feel like the, uh, the schedule situation would have you guys playing only the AL West and then the NL West? You'd play more games on the West Coast times in the West Coast time zones than you would under the 162 game plan. Um, how does it does that impact you guys at, at, at all? Um, I'm, I'm sure it will, and and a little bit, but I'm still anxious to see. I mean, the, some of the cities that we would have to go to aren't even open yet. You look at like LA's and stuff like that there's a very good chance we're looking more for to be in Arizona playing those teams. We could have three, at least three, maybe four teams in Arizona. So we could be in Phoenix a lot. Um, and if that's the case, that makes it, that could make it easier for everybody because you go over there and you can just spend a week instead of trying to go back and forth if they can, you know, figure out how to manipulate the schedule to where that'd be less travel, but you're over there playing maybe a nine, nine game road trip and play three, through the three teams that are in the in the in the Phoenix area, they have to be at their spring training site. So I still think there's a lot up in the air. There's a lot of states and uh, local governments that have to make a choice if it's going to be worth trying to get let major league sports come in and, and, and at least try to do everything they can to be on TV for the fans. But there's still other areas where in the game of baseball we know because we luckily have spring training sites to actually have uh, you know fields that we can play on and able to get, you know, TV games out there for the fans. And that's the, the big thing is try to put our the safest, best product on the field um, and try to make it fair for everyone. And unfortunately it's not going to be because some of those cities were just, it's going to take a longer than others, but uh, you know, it doesn't seem like Dallas, we're going to have a little, you know, better ability to get in there than, uh, you know, other teams will in their home cities. And, and the, you know, the big question that we in the media uh, have all, very quickly glommed onto is the financial ramifications of the proposal, which of course you guys have not seen. Um, right. uh, you know, you guys agreed before anything was really, well, in late March, you guys agreed to the idea that you would only be played on a paid on a prorated schedule based on how many games you played. Nobody knew that this would be an 82 game situation. Um, what is your thought on, on the financial element of this and, and potentially being asked to take a further what amounts to a further pay cut. I think that the big thing is is we as the union players and teams need to actually sit down and have a talk uh, and actual with each other instead of through media. I think that's the hardest part when you're looking at a situation where we haven't even been presented anything uh, in writing or anything like that, and then we're having to answer questions about what we've supposedly already turned down when we haven't even seen anything that's the that's the hard part and then you know you hear all these things about what it means and this and that well I think when it comes to time and we actually sit down and can actually have a conversation and we're not talking through uh sound bites or or headlines from media and, and that I think there's going to be something that's going to be able to get done but 
both sides are, you know, everybody's throwing out what they think and this and that. And it's just like, man, let's just get on a phone call and get it done instead of being like, Hey, well, this is what's going to be proposed. And then it's like, well, supposedly we turned it down, but it still hasn't even been proposed. So that's the, I think that's the hard part for players. It's like, well, let's be, let's get things on the table and then let's talk about them because we're talking about stuff that hasn't even been on the table to us yet. And that's, for us is a, is a struggle. And we did come to an agreement in the past, but we also realized that this is the week we're on the most uncontrolled and the craziest time of our lives. So it doesn't mean to sit here and say, Hey, well, we already agreed upon it. It's like, Hey, let's make sure everybody is actually speaking to each other and trying to, trying to make the best of, of the worst case scenario. And if we do that, I think everybody on both sides can find a middle ground and be happy. And, but like you said, we already agreed on something. And so if you go with what we already have in place, it's we all we have to do is agree on the season and, and when and how safe everyone's going to be. And if we're able to do that, then we can get it going, too. So the best thing we can do, <laughs> get something on the table and talk about it and try to figure it out. Because players want to play. Fans want to watch us play. Owners want to, you know, want their teams to play because that makes, you know, their franchises are out there. And that's what it's all about. So. The best way to do that is uh, actually, uh, you know, talking on the phone instead of, uh, you know, talking through the media. So we'll see how it goes. You, you don't get, you don't get rattled. You don't get scared by stuff. But how has this pandemic impacted you? Because I, I, I mean, I, I get a sense from talking to you right now that it, it, it's hit you with a great deal of gravity too. Yeah, I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, the uh, how the infection rate, the you know, the people that are have been sick, the people that have passed away, you know, there's so many things that, you know, in our lifetime, we like, this is nothing we've ever seen before. So I think the newness and the unknown, and then the, you know, just the, it's like every day, there's something new that comes out one way or the other. It's like, we need to do this. We need to do that. When you have so many really smart people, not knowing the best way and the the right way to go about something, you know, I, you know, I, (laughs) I'm not in serious. I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But when scientists are going back and forth on what the best way to do this, that makes, I think that's the unease that everyone has is, man, we can't even have like a solid way to fight this or, you know, we don't have a way to protect ourselves yet, except like staying away from people. And it's like, are we going to spend the rest of our lives hiding? And that's scary too. So it's like, I just wish that there is, you know, yeah, everybody, there's a, you know, there's a vaccine or there's a, like a way to actually fight this and everybody can pull together instead of being like, well, you know, it's states seem to make their own choice. Federal is doing that. It's just, a, there's a lot of smart people that have a lot of different opinions. And that's scary to me because when they don't all have the same opinions, it means there's a lot of unknown. And that's, that's hard to swallow. Um, so we're coming to the end of this. Have you, uh, have you missed dealing with the media for the last eight weeks? I'll tell you what, I, I, in the proposal that hasn't been sent yet, I hear that you guys aren't allowed to, like, we're going to we gotta do media through this. So I'm kind of enjoying that we'll have to be able to just, we'll have to talk through a phone to do the media instead of you guys just sitting in the clubhouse, talking amongst each other, not even asking us questions. It's like it's your guys' clubhouse where you guys get to sit there and watch TV and all that, and we can't even hang out in it because you, you guys are even on the couch changing the TV remote or anything <laughs> like it. I've never changed the TV channel. I may have sat on the couch once, but I've never changed the TV channel. 
Um, uh, but hopefully we can get back to normal as everyone knows, but it's like, we got to keep everybody safe and, and do all that. That's what it's all about when it all comes down to it. We don't want to be uh, griping about stuff that really, you know, it doesn't matter. We need to be griping about stuff. It's like, how's everyone going to be safe, healthy, and try to get the best product on the, on the field for fans, because that's what it's all about. People that, uh, you know, need something to root for. And, uh, we want to give them that. All right, Lance, I'm going to let you run here. I, I didn't mean to keep you this long. You, you've um, you've been a real good sport when if Gibson texts you, tell him that it wasn't that difficult, okay? Yeah, Gibby doesn't know. Gibby will do anything for anybody. It's like it's like he's too nice. I tell him that all the time. I'm like, Kyle, the more that you give them, the more they ask for. You remember that. So you got to scare them a little bit. Oh, so when you do give them a little bit, they're appreciative of it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm very <laughs> thankful for the little kind of thing you give me. No, I enjoy it. I appreciate it. All right, man. I will uh, talk to you soon. Be safe. And hopefully we will um, see you at least through Zoom again on a, on a mound here in the not-too-distant future. Sounds good. Everybody be safe. Thanks, man. Take care, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.